Hi, I'm Alex listening to Shh, I'm watching a movie where we talk through the entire movie. You listen to the edited feed where who would have thought two distracted people podcasting would lead to a lot of dead air. So this is just the good parts, you know, you listen to it on the car or whatever. If you want to listen to the full movie and use this as a commentary track, check out our other feed. Shh, I'm really watching a movie. Really is the added word. Get it? Okay. Anyway, let's start the show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to Shh. I'm watching a movie. Uh, th- I'm Alessandra Vite. I'm Alex Clanco. And today it's final. It's my choice. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's called Moulin Rouge. Uh, this movie means so much to me. Is, I feel this is your Starship Troopers. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The way that you love Starship Troopers. I don't... E- to be honest, I might be embarrassed watching this movie because oh, yeah. I watched it so much that it was like a thing that my parents were worried about me because <laughs> I would watch it like when I got it on DVD. I think I might have watched it maybe five times a week. You like I was obsessed with it. You know, when I was a child, like a like a like between the ages of like three and six. I think I watched the Disney Robin Hood every day. Well, the year's three and six. I was like 13. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. A little different, yeah. <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, I remember I watched Pocahontas a bunch mm-hmm. when I was like five. I yeah. watched, like, I made a vow. I was like, I got to watch Pocahontas every day. <laughs> I was upset, yeah. And and I remember also being a kid and being having no concept of, like, the idea of a release cycle, the idea that the Robin Hood at one point played in theaters. Oh, The yeah, idea no. that it didn't come out when I was born. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Everything was happening all at the same. When you're a kid, everything yeah. is, um, what do you call it, string theory? Like, everything's happening at once at all times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, this movie came out when I was in grade seven, and it uh, changed my life. Yeah. It literally changed the trajectory of what I wanted to study. It uh, As an actor, Nicole Kidman became, like, the pinnacle of what I think an amazing actress is. Ewan McGregor became my obsession. This is where that's from. Well, it was lightly from Train Spotting, which I saw a little bit t- too young. Definitely too young. But then I saw Moulin Rouge, and it really made things like, oof, it kicked things into high gear. Um, I thought that it was, the music was so good. It just made me feel romance in a way that I've yet to feel in my life. <laughs> Like it's a, it's it's overwhelming. I also think that Baz Luhrmann is a very good filmmaker, and yes, he's made some terrible movies. Yeah, we were talking about this before. Of where I was like, I was like, no, he's not. And all I've seen is Great Gatsby and Australia. You haven't life. seen Romeo and Juliet. No, I was. So his first two movies are, oh, first three are strictly ballroom. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet and mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge. And by the time he gets to Moulin Rouge, I think this is like the most him. Like Romeo and Juliet, he probably had like other people saying like you gotta do this because he wasn't as well known strictly ballroom he didn't have as much money Mm. this is incredible and it's like the costumes everything is like it's so good (laughs) i wonder how embarrassed i'll feel because like i remember feeling shame with like my dad being like are you watching this movie again and i'd be like (laughs) i have to I uh, I'm in pu- I'm going through puberty. I apparently really need this. Now you're saying that I was like, what? What? There's definitely some piece of art that I took in all through puberty, and yeah, this puberty. is going to speak a lot about who I am. It's it wa- was the Watchmen comic. Oh, that's funny. I carried it around. I read that book maybe 30 times between the ages of like 14 it's, and 16. It's a thing, right? Yeah. When you're that age, like you, you, you this is yeah. how you learn your boundaries of what is normal behavior. Yeah, yeah, and and and. 
and you saying, and, and you know what? I think I thought I did it until you said your dad making fun of you. Yeah. And it was my dad being like, "Look at this nerd carrying around his comic." Well, like, excuse me, dad, who watched when he came to Canada from Italy, he watched My Fair Lady. He said thirty times in theater. <laughs> So I think he maybe saw himself in me and then yeah. shamed me for it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why we... My dad we... definitely called me a nerd because he was a big fucking Yeah, nerd. that's the thing, right? I have to assume... Because my dad's the type of guy... He's actually upstairs right now. We're watching this in my parents' house because I demanded that we watched it on a big screen. Because it actually... You'd lose... You would lose... That's fine. You'd lose it if we were in my bed. Yeah, you would lose the point on your tiny screen. Those Starship Troopers, I could have gone for a big screen. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't think of it until we were watching it, where I was like, oh, yeah, there is like a lot of uh, impressive and simple visuals. Uh, it's so yeah. well done. We, uh, you, you guys listen to the Starship Troopers yeah, episode. If you it's, it's probably the first time that I truly connected with an Alex choice. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do think it's maybe like one of my all-time favorite movies. And maybe this will be when you connect with one of my choices. I'm, gonna, I'm going in open, but I never watch this movie because I just have had no interest in it. Like I truly have had, there's no part of it that I've been like, yes. This is also, it's a musical, right? Yeah. So this is the second musical made me watch. I openly despise musicals. Okay. Both musicals that I made you watch too are jukebox musicals where no original music (laughs) is in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, my opinions, like I, like the music I like is very, it's specific. I mean, there's David Bowie in this and there's, uh, who else? I think there's a Nirvana cover in it because you won't like that. (laughs) I I just remember (laughs) that. I'm not a huge like Nirvana purist. Uh, I mean, like, it's cool. Okay, you know what? Shall we start? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm going to keep in mind, Alex, this movie moves at the speed of light for the first 15, 20 minutes. That's, okay, it's fine. We cut, we cut out so much. Yeah. Especially the... Uh, sorry, this is also because I've been editing all our stuff. Oh, the yeah. Last, the last hour of all of our podcasts, I cut out maybe 45%. For sure. Like Starship Troopers... Have you edited Starship Troopers? No, that's the one I haven't done Starship yet. Troopers, you're, you're going to have to... That's going to be a 20-minute podcast yeah. because I stopped talking because I was you're, like... You're <gasps> into it, and I and I just kept going, I really love this movie. Yeah. That's like a, <laughs> there's the, I'm going to make an edit of just like a 45... Like what I cut out, it's just going to be, I really love this movie. I just love this movie. I love it. I But I love Moulin Rouge. Let's see how embarrassed I'll feel. Yeah. So we're gonna start uh, it. We're gonna start it right now. That's Already, true. I'm into it. Uh, I do want. So I love. I love any movie that opens with a curtain opening, because uh, I, I love this right now. Because uh, this is like the oldest fucking thing to be like. Everything you see is a movie, so it's kind of get. It can get kind of meta and get kind of s- situational. For me, I find that either you like his aesthetic or you don't. But it's um it's not really a matter of opinion. Baz Luhrmann can make a good movie. Like I, I think mean, like, like again, I've only seen the two that I. Well, Great Gatsby. That's a script. I think for both Australia and Great Gatsby, the script is horrific. Oh my god, this is like so much. Like they're doing an overture right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a musical. That's what overtures do. Yeah, it's like a true musical. I'm also going to Paris tomorrow, so this is very fitting. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Ugh. Maybe I'll fall in love with him. He's a poet, I think, or a writer. There's one thing I've noticed of us doing all these movies that, like, I didn't watch Star Troopers in years, even though I love it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about these things. Like, there's parts of it. Because you said you haven't watched this in years, right? I, I have not watched this as an adult. I think the last time I watched it, I was 15, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because 
I'm embarrassed. Like, it, it made me embarrassed. So watching it with someone is helpful for me to feel less embarrassed. Really? That would make me feel more embarrassed? No, no, because at least I have a purpose to watch it. I can't, like, kick it and watch it by myself anymore. <laughs> I mean... So they're just, like, filling us in on, like, Momata. It's very flashy. I say to Momata when I went to Paris, I say just, like, two seconds away, and I'm not going to lie to you. It's not a pleasant area. <laughs> there's the tourist part and then there's the part that I repeat I got groped three times at the subway stop Ooh. that I was at yeah that's just that's just the, that's just Europe so like, I hello. hope not because I'm going there tomorrow but <laughs> <laughs> making a joke oh this is like Ewan McGregor looking sad with a beard you know what already Again, I got like colored in my cheeks we have we have we, we this podcast exposes our two truths one I am overly pretentious and two you are attracted to problematic men yeah, and apparently Ewan McGregor during this film, like, so, like, a, mm. an article came out. Gonna, is it too loud? I'm going to sit near you just so we don't have to yell at each other. Yeah, yeah. An article came out um, probably, like, five, six years after this movie when I was, like, in high school. Oh, no, maybe I was in my 20s. Yeah. That Ewan McGregor was a brutal alcoholic mm-hmm. and that he's finally sober. I think the Da Vinci Code movie that he did oh, yeah. was the first movie that he was sober with. Yeah. And this one he's hammered the entire time. And it really broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Look at this. Could you have you ever seen anyone who looks more like someone that I would love? Yeah, it's pretty much. He looks right like an amalgamation of all men that I've dated. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't know what's going on. It's like this is like what this is the present, mm-hmm. and now we're gonna go back in time. That why has he ended up just like Starship Trooper started? A little bit. Yeah. Why has he started? And he's this is now he's writing the story of what happened because he was hired to write something and. Okay, uh, so I'm going to put this on the table here. In, is, uh, maybe I'm predicting, maybe I'm not. Um, he has a buck wild face. Sorry. Uh, he, uh, uh, we have the opening of the curtain, someone writing a story. Is it fair to assume we maybe have an unreliable narrator? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> yeah. those are like the two biggest signifiers yeah, of, of course, it in any literature. Because it's all about Satine and how beautiful she is and how... He really like forces her into this relationship. Well, you'll see. Yeah. She's a courtesan, which is a not a prostitute. Is it? Is it a sex worker courtesan? Um, if you have the question, I I feel like it's stronger to lump them all together. I think it's a courtesan at the time made money. This is completely uninformed and just fully t- picking up from the movie and art that I've seen in museums. Just context clues. They dance. Yeah. And because men could probably bribe them into having sex with them is mm. is my like you probably would have to pay a lot of money for someone like her. Mm. But I don't know. Okay, this is like how like I really enjoy the zoom and everything, but people hate it. Yeah. Yeah, people hate it. Did people hate this movie when it came out, or is there like? No, it was well received and it was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards, except for Baz Luhrmann. And I remember because Whoopi Goldberg, uh, she hosted and she was talking, she was presenting like the best pictures. So yeah, so anyways, so Whoopi Goldberg was hosting and then it was like this, it got nominated for like 11 Academy Awards or something. And then he's like, I guess this movie was made without the director. (laughs) Because it was like, it's such a, it's such a, 
it's such a tour de force for the director. It's really more about the director than any anything else in it's the movie. It's so flashy right yeah. now. It has nothing to do with the performances. It has nothing to do with even the script. It's like, look at what I can do with a camera. Look at how I can make a set. Look at my costumes, all of this. Look at my editing. Mm. I, I don't know how anyone let this pacing through. <laughs> I don't mind a fast pacing, but it's like, it's beyond fast. It's, 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 it's manic. It's manic. Yeah, 100%. And like to be honest, none of this matters. <laughs> so basically, he lives underneath Toulouse Lautrec. They're doing a play. Mm. Um, yeah, they're they're. It's like I'm very distracted by the movie itself. To be honest, it's they're just basically setting up the platform. They don't need to do this, but it's that they need money for a play, and this is the play that they're doing. And now they're gonna realize that you and McGregor can sing. Okay. He sings so good that it stops everybody. Well, and he also comes up with a word because they're trying to think of what the hills are alive with. Oh. So. He invented it? He invented. So that's a, there's a lot of this. I mean, this movie is for children, no? Uh, Yeah. It, it has the aesthetic and look of like. Spy Kids. Yeah. yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> but you know what it was? This is the movie that brought back the musical. There what? hadn't been a movie musical that was in theaters for years. What year is this? Maybe 2000 and 2000? Hmm. How old was I? 13? If I'm 30. I can't think of any 90s music movie musicals. I mean, there's Everyone Says I Love You, which was a huge flop. Which was also a jukebox musical, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> he literally... So yeah, so they're, he's going to write a play and then they go to the Moulin Rouge because they want to convince Satine, which is Nicole Kidman, mm. to to be in the play. And they also want money, money. They want the Moulin Rouge to put it on. I mean, like choosing John Leguizamo as Toulouse Lautrec, what a strange casting choice. John, This is from the era where John Leguizamo thought he was going to be this tour de force comedic actor. I mean, have you seen his one-man shows? He kind of is. Really? Yeah. he's His one-man shows are really good. I've seen them on HBO. Yeah, this is so much is happening. And now they're going to do absinthe. It's actually like pure madness. I can't believe that I followed what was happening. Do you know what's going on at all? Not a clue. Uh, beyond what you're explaining to me. Look, the green fairy is Kylie Minogue. I don't know who that is. You know who Kylie Minogue is? She's incredible. I guess you're not a gay man. <laughs> she has such amazing pop songs. Oh, yeah? But she's not really famous. Like, madness. Like, now they're drunk on absinthe. This film is... Insane. Yeah. It's also not really my aesthetic anymore, to be honest. This was your aesthetic? Yeah, like, I liked everything in this movie. I thought everything in this movie was really cool. I do remember a lot of uh, women in my life growing up did love this movie. But they were like kind of embarrassed to mention it. Not me. I told <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I just love Ewan McGregor. He's so hot. I don't even feel kind of different. Like looking at his face in this. This is this movie's insane. <laughs> she, yeah, this guy's why do really they do? Why too. are they doing a? Why are they half speed? This so is, now we're at the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, but why is it? Why half they, speed? Yeah, why they they frame speed it? Because he's drunk on absinthe. That's not how that works. Mm, I don't know. Have you ever done it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just a liqueur. What's yeah, so it, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the cult of absinthe because I'm just like, I'm just drunk. To me, it's the equivalent.
equivalent of, of um, it's the equivalent of tequila. Like if yeah, you yeah. get really drunk on tequila, like it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a mixture of being high and drunk at the same time, I yeah. guess. There's a lot of interesting faces in this movie. Oh, yeah. The casting is bomb. And there's a lot of uh, Buck Wild shots. Because I don't, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a lot of like large face with a lot of stuff in the background. Yeah. Yeah, large face. You like Whoever was casting it was like, we'd like our men to be um, pure cartoons with rosy cheeks. Yeah. Even Nicole Kidman, like her makeup... It's interesting. It's like, look at, I don't know. It's, do you know how much work this film must have been? Yes. And it's all a stage in Australia. So not, <laughs> nothing's real, That's but they crazy. built everything. That's crazy. Like there's a part where they go on an elephant. They built that elephant. <laughs> like it's, this uh, is, this is manic. Yeah. See, it, you wouldn't have caught it if it was on your TV screen. No. It slows. This is what I mean by the first 15 minutes. It, it stops doing this. So it's kind of like if, if you can handle the first 15 minutes, you might like this movie. But if you don't, you won't like this movie. Yeah. The, the, the like, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, you know what it is? It's overstimulating and I'm finding it hard to talk at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now they're switching it. I know, it goes faster. <laughs> you know what this is like? This is like watching the Polar Express at the exhibition. Yeah. This is like, uh, I think I think the, uh, what they're, oh, geez, Alex. I think what they're trying to do is be like, you come to the Moulin Rouge, the Moulin Rouge is this crazy place, and look how crazy it is. It's going to slow. Yeah, but it's like, the, I think they're trying to like, uh, with make you feel like you're in an insane place. Yeah, this is like, it's way cooler than the Moulin Rouge actually is. I saw the Moulin Rouge when I went to Paris. Yeah. And it's just like kind of a like a well done, <laughs> but like kind of lame cabaret. Yeah. Like, it's just not my aesthetic anymore. Like, I wouldn't want to see a can-can girl. It wouldn't be like something that I'd be very excited to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if the plot makes any sense, they're going to, so Zidler is Jim Broadbent, and they want to get money from him. Okay, this is so good. <laughs> it gets really good. I I love the idea that if you're at a party and you went from that insane to like, it stops to stop and everyone's quiet. I think we'd all faint. Not, I think I think everyone would just be like, "What's happening? Like, <laughs> why can't we talk?" <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think it's worth noting that. Nicole Kidman's lips are overlined a la Riverdale, and she's really ahead of this trend. <laughs> but I her don't know what that word means. Overlined? Like, it, her lips are thinner than that, but they've oh. overlined them so that they look thicker. Her makeup is actually exquisite for, like, this, like, stage makeup. Mm-hmm. She broke several ribs while doing this movie. Because oh. her corsets were so tight. That's insane. I also really enjoy the color of her hair. She, I think it's the last time that Nicole Kidman looked like Nicole Kidman. I think she literally started doing plastic surgery after this. She does look very different. I was thinking that. Yeah, and and she has like re- good red hair for her face. Mm. Literally, the um, 
press tour for this movie, she started to bleach her hair, which she looked strange, mm. and she started doing Botox, which is so strange because in what world would we all think, oh, Nicole Kidman's going to age bad? Yeah, yeah. Like, she, she's a little, like, exquisite little angel woman. Okay, so a lot of plot just happens. Okay. <laughs> Essentially... Matthew Modine is there, and he like the Moulin Rouge is gonna close, mm. and she wants to be a real actress. She doesn't want to stay at the Moulin Rouge, and he's gonna give a bunch of money. She thinks he, Ewan McGregor is Matthew Modine, and so she needs to seduce him. Yeah, in order to get money, but Matthew Modine's like there, being like, "Why isn't Satine talking to me?" Okay. And and Ewan McGregor thinks that she has to talk to him anyways, because he because they want to book her in their play. It's really convoluted. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of plot for 15 And that minutes. all happened in that time where she was in the circle with Jim Broadbent. That's, this movie's insane. Yeah, it's madness. <laughs> what, a, what a almost comically poorly written sequence. It's not poorly written. If anything, it's kind of ingeniously written. No, it's... To get that I, much information across in two minutes? You can, if info dumping's not good writing. Well... Welcome to my life. <laughs> is this movie just song after song after song? This part. I'm telling you, the first 20 minutes is pure madness. And what's going to happen? Well, you'll see. But also, this costume is fucking incredible. She has now changed into a pink, a light pink corset with, like, a feather skirt and, like, hearts. Like, Swarovski crystal hearts on her, like, boob area. And mm. it's the best thing I've ever seen. It oh, yeah, they do, like, a it, DJ skip. It, this movie feels like someone's learning all the effects tabs. That's what um, someone else told me. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, my friend, was like, no one should ever use an extreme zoom in a movie. <laughs> and I was like, well, you can and you should. Yeah, it, it really does. Like, like, I was editing a thing and Premiere has the effects tab, and it really does feel like like I just went through all the effects and went, what's this one do? <laughs> I mean, there's no star wipe in this, if you must know. <laughs> That's the transitions tab. Yeah. Also, there was big rumors that they were having an affair. But I don't think so. I mean, maybe. Pro- you know what? Probably. Let people fuck. Well, he was married with like two kids. And she just divorced. Yeah, so she's horny. Listen, this is the renaissance of Nicole Kidman. Because like in the early 90s, she did To Die For. And everyone's like, oh, this woman's incredible. And she is. To Die For is incredible. And then she was married to Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. So she was kind of like... Is she a Scientologist? No. Oh. That's why they broke up. Broke up, right, right, And that's also why I do believe that she was a... I don't think it was a real relationship. Because they adopted two children that she does not see anymore, according to tabloids. I believe that that's probably related to Scientology. The fact she does or doesn't see the children. It probably... It may, may or may not have been a real relationship, but I feel like the fact she doesn't see the kids anymore is equally as plausible that... The Scientologists won't let them. They won't let her. That's yeah. awful, though. Wouldn't you do everything you humanly can to see the kids that you adopted? Because now she has two. Okay. She seems like the kind of woman who would burn her whole life after a divorce. Well, I'll say this. She has two biological children now with Keith Urban. Yeah. So it's strange to me. I mean, unless she just didn't want kids at that time. Yeah. Okay, she fainted because, surprise, she has consumption. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Alex was so upset. <laughs> that that lo- you saying that did a number on me. 
At one point, does she ever cough into a handkerchief yes, and reveal blood? Fuck. <laughs> ah, fuck you. It's literally like, you know, in Zoolander when Ben Stiller goes, I think I got the black lung pop. <laughs> That's what she does at one point in this oh movie. Oh, my God. Um, she, I mean, she could have also fainted because I don't know. She just did 20 minutes of straight dancing in the tightest corsets. I went up and down in a swing. Um, she, don't worry. She'll come back to life. They have smelling salts. But basically, she not see her kids or she doesn't see her kids. And it just makes me feel like she started with Tom Cruise because it was a contract. Mm. And she yeah. became a star. Yeah. And then he wasn't benefiting from it anymore. She didn't like it anymore. And then they yeah. divorced. And I only say this because of going clear. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they explain exactly what the tabloids talked about with Katie Holmes, with like another woman that ta- Tom Cruise dated, except she didn't become a star. And so he's literally just there to like usher women in to be like, be a star. Weird. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. If it's true, it's actually so spooky. But that's like the only reason why I'd want to be famous is because I'd want people to tell me the truth about things. <laughs> like, do you think if you become famous, like people will be like, okay, let's cut the shit. This is what happens. If you became famous, you think they'd be like, show you another video of the JFK assassination <laughs> from a different angle. Like, what do you mean? Like everything that's in tabloids, I want people. Oh, she right now. Yeah, she's coughing into a blood, bloody handkerchief. Like, if you became famous and you read tabloid magazines, mm-hmm. you'd be like, that's true, that's not true. Like, you would know. In the way uh, that, like, we hear about gossip in our circles, yeah, yeah. and I'll be like, that's not true. Or, yeah, I saw that at Comedy Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There okay, is- so this is, she needs to, okay, so, like, she's just fully had, like, a, I don't know, a consumption attack, I guess yeah. I would call it. And now she has to go seduce Ewan McGregor slash it should have been Matthew Modine. Is it Matthew Modine? You know what? It's so not Matthew Modine. It's someone who looks just like him. <laughs> it's not Matthew Modine. It's like an Australian dude now that I'm realizing. Jesus. Um, you know what? I, I'm feeling too much emotions and it's hard for me to, to talk <laughs> through I this movie. Have no idea. It, 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 it's so much in going in my eye holes. It's, it's, it's so much. Yeah. And as an adult, I find it interesting that other adults enjoyed this movie because <laughs> as a 13-year-old, that's good. Cool. Yeah. This, my mom really likes me because she really pay, like played along with liking this movie as well. And there's just no way she liked this movie. It's very, uh, like, the literal example of gauche. I mean... I'm not against that. To be honest, like, I like all this idea. Like, this is inside the elephant right now. So, like, he thinks he has to do a reading from the play to, to like, say, like, this is what we want you to do. And she thinks that she's going to have sex with him. And they're all... And, and Very uh, vaudevillian. Well, I guess, so, here's what I will say about it. Is, like, knowing what the Moulin Rouge is in, in real life and what this movie is, is it's trying really hard to get the beats and ideas of Moulin Rouge into movie form of like the chaos of, of the thing and then the vaudevillian humor of like a 1900s yeah yeah that's actually i'm sure he thought of all of this stuff can we also this seduction outfit is incredible but like let's be honest as a woman if you're gonna have sex in a corset can you 
I don't think so. Because I've worn a corset just once, and it wasn't, like, boned. So a boned corset is literally, like, there's a structural element in it that's going to squeeze you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if your body could produce the necessary uh, fluids in order to have uh, intercourse. Yeah. And she's funny. Like, I feel like Nicole Kidman is, like, look, no one's worried about Nicole Kidman's career. Like, she's fine. What's she doing right now? She's in two movies this season. And one, I forget the name of it, but they're like, oh, she'll win an Academy Award for it. So, sorry, Lady Gaga. (laughs) Did you see The Killing of a Sacred Deer? I loved it. Yeah, not a fan. Really? I was was thinking I'm going to show it. I was thinking of showing that one to you, but now you've seen it. Oh, if I hadn't seen it, that would have been a good one because you would have heard my true distaste for it. I loved it. But Nicole Kidman's performance in that is undeniably incredible. Really? Because the whole point is like no one's really doing a performance. That's what's so incredible about a performance is because I found Colin Farrell is serviceable in that film. He is good. He's doing exactly what is asked of him. She's doing exactly what is asked of her. But there is something going on behind her eyes where no one else in that movie is doing that. That's Except true. Except for yeah. maybe the kid. The 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 kid the the girl. I liked her in it. Yeah, but she's she's just a blank space that you you can put stuff upon, which is still hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not okay. By the way, this is like a really big deal. This song, this uh, this kicked off an Elton John thing for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna watch the Elton John biopic? I think so. I want to watch it real bad. Yeah, I, for sure. I love Elton John so much, but I, I have to see his farewell tour. I'm going to see it next year. One of my I'm best friends growing up is such a huge Elton John fan and a big Queen fan as well. And we're going to go see the, the what do we call the straight Queen movie. Although I wouldn't saw it and it's still very gay. Is it okay? Or is it good? Uh, it's fine. It's it fine. It doesn't look good. It's PG. It's like a literal PG movie. People are just upset that they, they straight washed it or whatever. They this didn't. is so good. I'm sorry. They, they, they didn't straight wash him. That's what I'm so confused by. Because people write think pieces before they see the work. And yeah. it's very frustrating. And like, it's like, listen, you all have valid opinions, but fucking watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't understand people saying they straight wash him because he, in real life, had a wife he divorced to be gay. And... Oh, yeah. So did Elton John. Yeah. And then, and then like, I, I don't know what they're... And then, like, they don't show him having sex with his wife. They show him having sex with other guys. They show some light male nudity and some light female nudity. Hello, but it's penis a, it's nudity? It's a PG movie. Like, if the movie's PG, they're not going to show you boning down. Yeah, of course. No. I mean, there's not enough gay sex in any movie. Like, to be honest, there was no gay sex in Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Well, there's the peach. That's not gay. That's masturbation. It's day adjacent. Like, not gonna sh- like, you don't know I, what he's thinking. I feel like there's also, you don't really see a lot of, like, penetrative sex in movies either. No, you don't see a lot of penetrative sex in movies. That's true. Like, <laughs> I will say this. This is incredible, by the way. I adore this scene it's, so much. It's so... I hate it. Like, I don't know how this goes. As it's happening, I'm realizing there's no way you could possibly like it. But she's falling in love with him because he's a he's an artist. And what... You know what? What chance do all us ladies have? If a boy were to sing... How's John Lugano's hat staying on when he's upside down? The magic of the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I enjoy her long, long eyebrows. <laughs> she's already un- in love. That's what's <laughs> un- Your movies are always someone saying they're in love way too fast. Like you know red funny? flag too fast. And I don't. So maybe It's I a learned. matter of hours, not even days. 
He's so hot. He's actually maybe like one of the hottest guys in the world. I I said this on the first one, and you said no, no, we're not gonna do this. Where I was like, is is this podcast series gonna be a quest through your sexual awakening? I'm like, yeah. And then you said no, no, and then now we're watching it, and we're on like, like I'm learning more about what makes your vagina tickle than. Most Ew! People. Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, it's complicated. and Actually, that's not true. I could do an Alec Baldwin. <laughs> okay, so here's... Um, again, I've only watched, I guess, what, what we had 30 minutes of this thing. Yeah. Um, We're actually at five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, is that... Uh, you're like, oh, he's a good director. And I'm like, I don't feel like he's a good director. I feel like he's a flashy person. Like, I think the he could use these ideas and these visual elements to make something a little more aesthetic, I guess. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like he's not so good a director as much as he is, like, it's just he's kind of filled a movie with every kind of shit that he likes. And he's yeah. like, I like this. Let me, show you, let me show you. What he needs is a good editor. Yeah. I can, like, I, like, like everything is happening all at once. If he doesn't have a good editor, I'm sure this wouldn't make any fucking sense. Actually, I imagine the editor is quite good. You know, I, I don't want to throw shade at this editor. You know how hard it must have been for them? And I, yeah, and, and I bet you that Boss Lerman's sitting there being like, play it in slow motion. Like, is it, now backward. Yeah, literally. Again and again. Okay, mm-hmm. um, can we do this thing where we do like a DJ, like wicka wicka, but with like the image itself? <laughs> Boss, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Boss, please. please. Boss. Um, could I be Baz Luhrmann for the rest of this uh, <laughs> podcast? All right. I don't know how to do Australian accent. All right. Like, what I want in this scene is um, so much visual stimulation that we like cause, like, like, <laughs> like. I think you could have a seizure if yeah. you if you could. <laughs> could you just flash a strobe light at them for three and a half minutes? This is why Nicole Kidman is an incredible actor because she, like, do you know how exhausting this must have been? Take after take oh, after I know. take. Yeah, you know what it is? Once I filmed something where I had to eat, anytime I see people eating on film, oh, yeah. I'm ju- I just think about that. I'm like, oh. I had to eat on film. You like to? In my McDonald's. No, I had to eat. I'm eating yeah. right now. It's so exhausting because you do it a thousand. You eat, it, you eat six meals. No. I only had to eat salad. My uh, partner in the in the McDonald's commercial had to eat Big Macs, and they would keep the scenes running for twenty minutes because it was like they filmed us with three cameras and it was very improvisy. And so by the end of the day, he had had about fourteen Big Macs, and he was spitting them out, but not really. Yeah, because you yeah, it's the thing where it's like you can spit them, but you've got to deliver lines and you've got to. Yeah. Because I did one where it's like it was my friend's short, and I'm just in a diner, and part of the joke is I'm going to town on these like giant pancakes oh, that's, funny. that's disgusting though that would be awful to eat a bunch of pancakes. yeah and it's like and like the first few takes i'm like doing all this stuff where i'm like talking with my mouth full yeah, yeah yeah and shit and then i'm just like do we have a bucket i can spit into like it's like it's like i'm going to expire we had a bucket yeah i wonder what um i wonder what brad pitt did in all the oceans movies because he was eating in almost every scene because Steven Soderbergh's a very good director. This guy is um, um, a, a real Argentinian. What's his name? 
He's like a famous Argentinian singer, and you'll hear him sing at one point, and All he's right. incredible. But I can't remember what his name is. Um, this scene, like a scene like this, is something like I'm actively trying to stop writing because it's such an easy thing to do where you just throw everyone in a room and they all just go back and forth. This is very sketch. Very sketch, yes. Yeah. And and the thing is, I've written so many sketches in my life that when I'm writing like other things, yeah, it's like scenes like this stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I don't tend to write scenes like this because I find them hard to write. To be honest, they're really hard to write, and but they they serve a, like you get away with a lot of things in it. Like you can just info dump, you can show character beats at the side, like you can do so many things, which in sketch is fine because you have people on stage, but in like stuff like this, it's just visually confusing that, but that's you know what that might be the uh, definition of this movie visually confusing <laughs> so now they're explaining the play but the play they just set the whole plot of what will happen in this movie itself mm. so he's the evil Maharaja and Ewan McGregor is the penniless sitar player and there's a the beautiful courtesan and that they're gonna fall in love and they're gonna like hoodwink him okay that's cool yeah and so it's funny. It's very like we're literally telling you what's going to happen to you and you're going to give us money for it. Yeah. The uh, so like again when I said like the 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 writer, the thing and then doing this is like I think this thinks it's being so self-referential and self-commentary, but I don't see it yet. This part is kind of self-referential. Uh, referential. They're like making fun of producers because mm. they're saying like, listen, you're going to do all of this and also you'll be involved artistically. Isn't that incredible? If you give us money, we'll let you do stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I wonder what the pitch was for people to give him money for this. He's like, just take my word on it. It's going to be pure nonsense. I think at this point, he, he had stuff that was doing well for super cheap. It's like, give me money, I'll make something insane. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet was cheap. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet is a superior movie to this, now that I've I'm watching this. I've not seen it. We might have to watch that one. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> give, me, give me a movie space. Give me something. It's very beautiful. Now, what Romeo and Juliet has that I love is all the men wear these, like, Dolce & Gabbana, like, Hawaiian shirts. And it's very, <laughs> like kind of South American like influency of all the aesthetic because it takes place in like made up Brazil Argentina but it's Verona but it's not Verona I mean that's cool it's really cool I um my joke that I was doing for a minute uh was like I got this great idea for a play it's Romeo and Juliet in gangland Chicago (laughs) (laughs) that is what (laughs) I'm sure it's been done (laughs) 100% it's like the most obvious choice well, what's cool about his updated version of Romeo and Juliet is because he keeps the text. So yeah. it all works because Shakespeare is like weirdly magical and that it applies to everything. Mm. So it works. Shakespeare's magic. No, oh, like Othello's a real banger. Well, it's just weird how like when you perform it, in, like I only ever did it in theater school. I did it as as minimal as you could possibly do Shakespeare mm. but you got emotions and feelings from the text that you don't know where they came from I think it's part of the so there uh, this is two bullshit thoughts one is like I think part of it's like the dynamic pentameter I gotta every, put this down I'm so sorry yeah, I'm overwhelmed yeah keep going I have a pentameter where like everything is in that rhythm yeah 
And then the other part is there's a whole theory that like Shakespeare was an occult wizard. He might be that, an alien. I've heard that theory. Yeah, and that all the plays are like magic spells. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. You do a monologue sometimes. Yeah. No, I know. I've done Shakespeare. It's great. Yeah, you feel so strange after it, and like quivery and. My favorite character ever written in any, any form of media is Iago from Othello. You know what? Othello is the one that I have not seen or read. That's as it's hands down my favorite, uh, my favorite Shakespeare play, and that the smartest thing it did was named it Othello and not Iago, because the play is about Iago, and Othello is kind of like. The, is he the, the villain? No, Othello, Othello's quote unquote the hero. Iago's the villain. Othello's quote oh, right. unquote the Josh hero. Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. But uh, the, the he doesn't make any boy. active choice. He just kind of like bumbles through. And then every other character around Othello uh, is trying to make sure stuff happens. Forrest Gump, you say? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's about like a lot of, it's about like race and about power and about. It's interesting that Shakespeare <coughs> tackled race. I mean, that's I, I made the, I made reference to it and you got mad at me, but it's like like literally he was a more like the point was like he was a more. I know, out. but it's a dead term, Glenko. <laughs> I know it is. That's my point. Um, <laughs> the sadness that you and McGregor. That's the sadness of an alcoholic. That's a real alcoholic sadness. Yeah. The way that he looks, the way that his sad boy pixie dream man that you he do is love pixie movie. dream boys. Well, there's someone tweeted like if there's manic drinks pixie dream girl the the female version of that like to like men is like depressed sad artist boy (laughs) yeah and that is literally what this is oh that explains every girl who's dated me looking (laughs) at him right now makes me have an anger inside that i can't forcibly have sex with him (laughs) jesus christ and date him there's no words. You 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 said a rape sentence. <laughs> okay, fine. Forcibly is the wrong word. It makes me upset that you McGregor is not someone that I know in my life that I have the ability to have sex with. I guess. Oh no, I, I know the feeling because I've met a few famous, attractive people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then you're you're just like, how? How I, are you so hot? I think if I met him in real life, I couldn't like forget it. Like mm. it's done. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Even if I saw him in real life, I wouldn't be able to handle it because I feel beyond embarrassed of how into him I was and how much I thought about him. I would end my emails when I was in grade seven and eight to Mina, my cousin. Yeah. I love you and McGregor. You're insane. That's how I signed them. You're an insane person. But this is what girls do. I and know. guys do it too, I imagine, to, no. a, less, to a different extent. Yeah. This movie I really, I mean, guys, this song guys I really like. Long. Like, guys will... This red dress is great. This song is amazing. I forgot about the song. I'm going to have to download it when I'm done. She's so beautiful and he's so hot. Good job, everyone in this movie. This is so much. Yeah. Hold on. What song is this? One Day I'll Fly Away. I don't know what its source material is. And this isn't even the pinnacle of how crazy this scene gets, uh, how dramatic this scene gets. We were talking through it, but I'm loving this bit of Boz Lerman's editor just exhausted. <laughs> <Yeah>. Please, Boz. 
because there was, there was a part where they all look and it made like a sound yeah. and i was like yeah. I, just, I just think of like every time their neck moves make a squeak sound pause <laughs> i uh, want to see my uh, kids listen, listen I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there for you people aren't going to enjoy that aesthetic you shut up <laughs> Uh, what do you want it? What do you want in the set? I think like it's the Moulin Rouge, but I think I feel like outside of the Moulin Rouge, there would be a giant hollow elephant that her, would be her bedroom where she seduces Boss people. No, I'm just gonna say like that's what I think. Like, like I think that's what would happen, and I think that you can go inside the elephant, you go on top of the elephant, and it would be very easy to maneuver. It also would be right across from Amata. <laughs> I I love the idea of that you see like behind the scene set photos and Boz Lerman just has like a big bandage with a red mark of like a giant <laughs> head wound he got okay. moments before he started filming. This will end the way all sketches and sketches end when we don't know what to do. I think it's before your time. Yeah. Is there are two ways. It would either be like hit it the I'm band. I'm sorry, hit it the oh then three ways. Actually four ways. There's <laughs> hit it the band when you don't know what to do and then you just got the band to play. There's and that's how I and that's how I was your mother. I mean, I met your mother. <laughs> Blackout, that's an Andy Ald one. Yeah. And then there's touching the back of your head and being blood. And then blackout. And then there's, is there a gas leak? No gas leak. Yeah, yeah. gas leak. Gas leak showed up a few times. Of course, it's an act, Ewan McGregor. She's not in love with you. You met mere songs ago. This is still the same night. Like an hour later. You know what? An hour is generous. <laughs> they crossed the street, and now this is happening. Here's the deal. Unicker has a, a sad look on his face of, like, lovesickness that makes me go crazy. <laughs> okay, it's very funny, because Mollison will say, my favorite thing is looking around a party and then just seeing you frowning in the corner. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a lovesick look on your <laughs> face. I think that's a little different. <laughs> this is like a, a, a someone doing something. And it's like it doesn't. I don't know if it's good, but it's certainly difficult. What you did was difficult. I'm not. I don't know if I. I don't know if I, what you made was good. But what you did was difficult. Yeah, you got to awe at the the spectacle. Yeah. Whereas Mamiya is like, what you did? Did you do a second take? <laughs> like, is Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia kills me that they they throw out everyone who was in the musical. No, fuck the person who became a star playing the Meryl Streep part. Fuck all the people that can actually sing. But wait, wait. Keep the director of the theater show. Let's have her. Yeah, they did it all. Let's backwards. have her direct a, a no, film. Some dyslexic guy was like, "Here's what I want. I want a real film director. I want a f- real film director, and none of the, uh, uh, a real film director and the original cast. And what it came out was, I want none of the director and the none of the original cast. <laughs> yeah, why? This is the fucking stars go what? to hell. Go direct. What is? They're falling in love, Alex, through the gift of song. The, how many, how many, like, actual question, if you have it off the top of your head, or rough guess, how many actual songs are in this movie that they reference? That they, including references? Yeah. Maybe a thousand. Yeah, it's insane. They jump it, it, around. Including references because at the beginning of the movie, they talk in song lyrics to each other. Like, the whole part with To Lose the Track. It's music that I don't even, I don't even know what songs they're referencing anymore. Oh. Uh. Like again, I like I don't. I don't think it's good, but it's clearly difficult. You clearly, I, I see the effort. I don't, I don't know if I see the craft. Fuck off. <laughs> so um, the moon is a is an Italian singer. 
and now we're back to, to lose the track. I just wonder at this point, the editor's like, so we just had, um, okay, Baz, listen. <laughs> listen, Baz. We just had the elephant love song melody, and we, we end with a beautiful kiss. Italian moon. No, no. <laughs> Why do you want me to cut to, to lose the track drunk on his terrace singing the same thing again? Why, Baz? To show that he is sad. Actually, I want Baz Luhrmann to be... I want to know him. I think he would be a delightful creature. <laughs> like a little like a little nymph. Now, first things was first... Was he the one who did the sunscreen song? Where it's yeah, like, yeah, always wear sunscreen. That guy's the worst. <laughs> well, that was a, it was a graduation uh, thing. Yeah, that's true. And then in his fashion, he thought, you know what I should do? Put a beat to it. Yeah, I love that more. song. Put more on top. It was very of its time. Oh, yes. It just, it sounds like cake and radioheadish and all of that. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Matthew Modine. And sorry, Matthew Modine, that I was saying that you were Matthew Modine. So he's basically saying, like, I'm going to give you the money for the Moulin Rouge, but if things, if I don't get to fuck Satine, I'll, I'll ruin the Moulin Rouge. What an insane setup. Listen, Coming women, from a guy who loved uh, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, what an insane setup. <laughs> I like to talk about Killing of a Sacred Deer because... Yeah, what you got? I don't think it earned what it was doing. That was my mean? problem with it. I think watching the first four minutes of the movie of open heart surgery is, I think it's exploitative. I think showing a small kid fall to the floor a lot is making me feel things that you're not earning. You're just forcing it out of me. Yeah. And I don't like that. I think it's, I, I don't think, think that's skillful. I, I think, think it's, it's an writing. exploitative m- movie, but where the skill shows up is at the very end of him just kind of giving in. That's when, for me, I was watching it like and rolling my eyes. And I understand this is someone who has made people watch Mamma Mia, Moulin <laughs> Rouge. I don't, it's complicated. Okay. I understand what good and bad cinema is. And I'm not saying that The Killing of Sacred Deer is even bad because that takes an immense amount of skill to make a movie like that and to write a script like that. And it's just not my aesthetic. Yeah. But it, it, if, it, it, if a movie could be offensive, it's offen- like that movie offended me. I think it's it's trying to. It, well, wa- it wants you to. It wants you to. It wants to be hard to watch. That's kind of stupid. Then I think that's what I like about it. I think I think it makes this like it's it's what you like about Moulin Rouge. It makes a very bold aesthetic choice off the top, and then it sits in it. It's the, like you best, have to like you have to be a part of this. You want to be a part of this movie. The best part of that movie is that the little boy likes his hair so much. Yeah. <laughs> so right now they're writing the play. They're having a real romantic time together, and they're just living life. And I really hope that it's happening meta as well for you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman. I hope they're having an affair. Mm. Not for his ex-wife or for his children. But you just want to believe. I just want to believe. Okay, back to Killing Sacred Deer. Did you watch The Lobster? I couldn't get through it. It made me feel profoundly sad. Yes, and I was it's, watching it's it. It's the same guy. In my... Dip- I was hungover from MDMA that day. Oh, yeah. That's, and I don't that, know that's a rough watch for that day. I, I also had a breakup in the morning. It was... Not the know. time. So I started watching it, and then about half an hour in, I went, I have to watch the Gilmore Girls, and then sobbed through the Gilmore <laughs> Girls. Because uh, it's the same guy as the lobster, and I think for Killing Sacred Deer, he learned from the lobster and went, oh, I don't need to do so much. Like, I like it's it's it, this is... He's created minimalism in film so I, it's not for me which is like fine like I, I but that's the one things i like about that movie is like just such a big fucking choice and like that's truly what i appreciate about this movie like if i'm trying to look for the positives like 
yo, this movie makes a big fucking choice. Do I like that choice? No, I do not. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I think. Either you get on board with it or you don't. And as a 13-year-old girl, I got on board with it. I will say that out of garbage movies you made me watch, there's always something cool to look at. This part? Holy moly. I like this. I've, he's got ideas. Like, doing that handheld is cool. Yeah, it is cool. But, like, he's got ideas, but it's like he doesn't need to be so fucking showy. I also believe that the chemistry between Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor is raw and palpable. And as a 13-year-old girl watching this, I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But also, like, Satine, so bold, making out with him in the back. That's Let's just say that, like, maybe I've done stuff like this in the theater. (laughs) Yeah, all the fucking time. You think you're sneaky, too. That's the funny part. I'm not sneaky. I've done it on multiple stages, if you must know. (laughs) (laughs) Did I get into the theater to have sex with men? Yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no one's questioning that. There's no other way to do it. I just wouldn't have known how to do it. Oh, my God. There's, like, Unger, like lipstick smeared from kissing her and then, like, smiling, saying they're, like, planning a time to have sex with each other later. And it's like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> what am I supposed to not? Stop I think right it's... Now. Worth noting in this podcast that my dad is upstairs right now, and I'm pretty sure watching the preview to A Star Is Born. <laughs> oh, I hated that movie so much. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, I, you I, hated I, it. Eh? I hated it so much. I think oh, that movie thinks I'm stupid. Oh, I like the. And that movie thinks I'm the dumbest person on the planet. Oh, I like the beginning and I like the acting. The acting, the, the acting, Lady Gaga's acting is the strongest part of that movie. Isn't that incredible? Oh, Bradley Cooper's acting is very nice. I like how he plays his character a little dumb because he can't hear. So he's constantly like a little bit yeah, behind yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's very charming for me. I uh, uh, I think that movie thinks I'm super stupid. I think it's I think it's almost a almost like a f- she makes she makes no active choice in that movie. But that's the story. It's then a story rewrite it. In the 30s. You're remaking it, rewrite it. Like make make like yeah, this yeah. is like a first-time screenplay. He's not reinventing the wheel. He's not. He's not inventing any wheel. He reinvented the fucking brick. Like he's. <laughs> well, Alex, you should. I I genuinely, I genuinely think it's one of the worst written movies I've seen. In, in oh, ages. Well, I'm sorry, but it's gonna win best adapted screenplay. For sure, Alex. No. For sure, it's gonna win best adapted screenplay. No. Oh, we should do like an Academy Awards one when it happens. Um, so yeah. I don't know if you know, but Satina's dying. Of consumption. Oh or yeah. tuber- tuberculosis. How do you say that word? Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Eulosis. TB, baby. Can people so still get dead? TB? No, she's very sick. Okay. And so Ewan McGregor thinks that he's... Look at all those reaction shots they just had. Is this like Korean soap opera? Okay, like well, listen. There's a lot going on. Ewan Boss! McGregor thinks, we don't listen. need to show everyone reacting. Ewan McGregor... Go to the, <laughs> go to the ticket man next. <laughs> Please, Baz. Baz, I want to go home. No, 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 no. Go to the ticket man. No, that's Chocolat. He saves her life. Um, They call the black guy Chocolat? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Please. It's the 2000s. 9-11 hasn't happened yet. 9-11 is on its way to happening. Yeah, you know what? 9-11 This caused 9-11. They saw this and they were like, the Americans have so much. This is Australian. 90% of this movie is Australian. This is... The no most American, American movie I've ever no seen. No one's in my American. Life. Though. I know one isn't, but it's so American. Ew. 
This to me is Baz Luhrmann being like, I think Jim Broadbent's hilarious. I think Richard Roxburgh's is hilarious. I'm going to make this scene happen because no one wants this scene. Yeah. Nobody wants this. Okay, so. Um, it also doesn't add anything to the plot. Yeah. Other than the fact that like he's not so pissed off. I think I think what it, it it's Look like the, dancing it's the problem though. with musicals. It's like every beat's drawn the fuck out. Well, so here's, this, this is this is him putting a song into a beat that doesn't. It's like a real like excess story beat that they didn't find any. Why is it slow? <laughs> Why did you do it slow, boss? Because <laughs> this is back to reality, back to present time. Ooh, um, not a visual language. A white tank top and just a vest. Don't. Just run the camera at the normal speed. I think it's important for people to know that Ewan McGregor has a, a beard in modern times. The, the, the most poisonous relationships you view as romantic. Being romantic in relationships is poison? No, the, these, the relationships you show me as being so romantic are so poisonous. Yeah, I know, because I have a mixed up version of what romance is, and it's always illicit. Illicit? Illicit. Illicit, yeah. Illicit. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you are. Because it's always like, it's a secret, it's an affair, we're not right for each other. Mm. That Something happened in my growing up, like my intake of media, where that stuck. Mm. And now I think that that's romantic. And it's not. It's not romantic. Affairs aren't romantic. They just hurt people's feelings. Like, hot as fuck. They're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it. I've never had an affair. Yeah. I've been cheated on. Yeah, same. But I haven't had an affair. But what I have done is I've hooked up with people that I shouldn't be hooking up with. I mean, and that, that people in my life don't know. And that maybe like people that I work with shouldn't know. And I feel like that's the most affairy affairishness that I've had. Yeah, I've done that. I've hooked up with and it, uh, this is I mean, we're ta- we're telling secrets. Is I hooked up with <laughs> we someone shouldn't Well on, on Mike. Uh I hooked up with someone and I was like, I shouldn't tell anyone and then um, a friend of mine hooked up with the same woman and it's like I shouldn't tell anyone and then we just found out like both of, like out of four people uh, two people were dating yeah me and the other guy hooked up with the girl <laughs> and both and both of us just kind of kept it quiet oh and we're like and now I'm like oh poor I mean the the the, the person that would be mad if we did this is a shithead and I do not talk to him anymore yeah, I once, you know, and I can't do the secrets. It's too deep. But I've done stuff that, like, if the person to this day ever found out that I did it, I'd feel awful. I wouldn't feel bad, but it's like it was not an affair mad, by yeah. any means. Oh, this this, this was I. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of a fair. Mm-hmm. I didn't cheat. <laughs> Can you edit this out? <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit, I'll edit it out of the, the regular feed. Can you edit this out. <laughs> Take this out. Take it out. Yeah, the, in, in the in the in the really watch movie, we're just gonna put a blank file. Yeah, just, yeah. Just an beep, beep, beep. Just okay, like, so oh, we're sorry. So this is the one original song of the movie, and it's called "Come What May," and it should have been nominated for an Academy Award because movies never have songs in them anymore. That's true. And it's a beautiful song. The Academy Awards had a hate for Baz Luhrmann because he also wrote this song and Richard Curtis or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote it for his wife. It was their anniversary song, mm-hmm. and he used it in the movie, and the Academy went, not allowed, because it was written for your wife. It wasn't written for the movie. That's and it's very like, funny. But it wasn't written for, like, consumption. Yeah. Oh, that was my laundry's done. Um, 
it, it's not written for consumption. It was written as a romantic song to his wife that they played at their anniversary party. Yeah. And then you're like, that's like if I wrote a sketch for you, and yeah. then, and then I don't know. Well, it's like it's like even in the I was t- saying on the way here in my spec script, I repurposed a sketch. You should be allowed to do that. Yeah. You should be allowed to. Your personal life shouldn't negate you from being nominated for an Academy Award. Like if I like even like in the if you look at like. Sing this song I'm sure that uh, Like the melody of this Or the sound oh, of this This is my favorite part I don't know if you saw But uh, she's naked on the bed And Ewan McGregor is wearing her robe <laughs> And that is Goal <laughs> Also like who are they fooling Who are they fooling They're romantically singing He's the writer mm. And he's singing the song with her Yeah, who are they fooling? Who are they fooling? And at what point? I'm oh. having a real hard time following this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, we talked way too much through it. Basically what it is is they're writing this play for the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, okay. I got all that. That dude is financing it. He yeah. says he's going to pull. He better get to sleep with okay, Satine. So I am following this movie then, yeah. He better get to sleep with Satine. So then this is the song that Ewan McGregor writes for her to be like, listen, whenever you're feeling jealous, whenever you feel... Like I'm doing something that you can't handle. Sing this song. This song lets you know that I do love you and that I have to do stuff that I don't not want to do. Why is there so many, many bald, bald men? men. Yeah, really <laughs> <laughs> boss! I don't need to shave my head, boss. <laughs> Everyone should be so mad at him. There was so many bald men at a piano with glasses. Is that like an? Was that an aesthetic? <laughs> This is a pile of chairs. Again, every this is a bad movie, but everything's so fun to watch. Yeah, it's great. There's always a detail. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm embarrassed. This movie makes me feel embarrassed. Why? Because <laughs> I just loved it so much. Oh, yeah. It's in the way that I could never keep a diary because I'd go back and read it, and it wouldn't be like walk down memory lane. It'd be like, I can't handle how embarrassed of my emotions I am. That makes me think about, like, who am I? Oh, what does this mean? Yeah. I'm starting to put together the movie, but and you know what it is? Is that that whole wild opening is almost unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Yeah. The only, it, you know what's necessary? Five minutes of it. Yes. To explain the atmosphere and yeah. then get into the love story. Because yeah. the love story is, like, well acted and blah, blah, blah. That being said, the first time you watch this in the theaters, it's all very fun. And, the mu- and you're watching it for the music, and the story is very, very secondary. Uh, I don't love the music. The music feels – it's the same problem I have with Mamma Mia. The music feels very simplified. Like, very, like, no, taken from I being like, a more intense thing to being I like Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friend. I like his version of my uh, your song. I like Elephant Love Medley. <laughs> I think elephant I just might like- Love Medley. That's what they sing at the elephant. Is that what it's called? Because like, oh. I know you had the soundtrack. Is that what it's called in the soundtrack? Yes. <laughs> Listen, this part of Ewan McGregor asking her not to hook up with the guy, my heart. Hold on, maybe we don't talk during this part. <laughs> Ewan McGregor is such a pretty little actor. He cool. doesn't do stuff like this at all anymore. Cool will say, like, making the center of your love story a weird, like, cuck scenario is pretty bold. It's great. Like it's like I'm I'm gonna again like tip the hat to the bold choice. It's great. It's also like been done. I have to imagine. It has to, yeah. I mean, there's a 
Indecent Proposal is the one I think. Oh, I talking. love Indecent Proposal. You would. Yeah, I like that director. He's good. Yeah. Adrian Lin or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like Unfaithful and what else did he do? Indecent Proposal, Unfaithful, and one more. It's the the adult like sex thriller. Is, oh, a, I is a style of movie that's not style. made anymore. And also, like, he does such beautiful, like, cinematography oh, yeah. and, like, clothing. Like, it's Indecent, a look. Indecent Proposal is a genuine good movie. Not my jam, but I'm like, I appreciate oh, it. Oh, and Robert Redford is great. He is great. Yeah. And, like, to me, more is great. Like, they're great. But what is his other film? I don't, I don't know. He's done. It's Unfaithful, Indecent Proposal, and one more. This is the like one of the best parts of the movie in terms of like aesthetic and yeah, this is because this is this is what I mean of like you have a lot, but like I don't know, it's there isn't like a it all doesn't work together, but this does right. Also, like from this like, all works with like the darkness and like the highlighting the interesting. I'm, parts. I'm sorry, like from a standpoint of like sexism. Yeah. So you and McGregor sad, valid. Everyone's upset because they're gonna lose the Moulin Rouge. But fucking Nicole Kidman is also in love with Ewan McGregor, and she's the one that has to yeah. have sex with the guy, and she's there comforting Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting. I think uh, you're right. It's it's like sexism. That's that, but, bullshit. But that's interesting. Of like playing like that's. I think that's what would happen too. That is what happens. I always comfort people, like comfort men in situations where I'm the one that should be comforted, and I'm trying to stop doing that because that is something that men feel entitled to Here, here's what i'll say is that it feels like um it's like that's the power of movies of like you, you're removed from it you see the situation and i'm sure a bunch of guys are clearly like yeah why is she has to do it she has to actually have sex with it and yeah. on top of it she's sick yeah it's like there's I, no way and and being penetrated sucks it's again it's like, a <laughs> i'm saying that that's one like the, what an interesting centerpiece for a movie and that's why the romance is raw and real and the chemistry is true. D- what? That's a <laughs> jump of logic. <laughs> because, because it would be easy to play that as an actor. That's like a very like simple, yes. easy objective. Yes. No, you're, sorry, you're right. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. It's simple. Feliciano, something Feliciano. Feliciano is this guy's name. This is great. Oh, by the way, they're making Moulin Rouge is a Broadway play, which I follow on Instagram, and it's with Aaron Tevitt, and I can't even, like, I'm going to go to New York. I was supposed to go to Boston, but I couldn't because I just didn't have the money, but I, like, legit will have some money coming in, and I'm going to go to New York because, side story, when I had a, got fired and had a breakup within a two-week period, I was feeling real blue one night, and I was watching TV, and Grease Live was on, oh. which was terrible. I remember you coming in. Aaron Tevitt played Danny Zuko and it was like I was like starving and I ate food for the first time I felt the color come back into my cheeks and I was like I will love again <laughs> because that boy made me like actually feel feelings for someone again Jesus and you know what I gotta go to Moulin Rouge and tell him that <laughs> you think if I told him that he'd be really weirded out no I think he probably gets I think so. it's kind of like a funny talking story talking to Justin he's like people I didn't realize Broadway was as big as it was. Oh, does he not know? He, he he obviously knows now. Broadway makes you feel if you like musicals, it makes you feel alive. Like the the feeling of like even when it's a bad musical and you're watching it live, you feel like I love it and it I feel a buoyancy and excitement in my chest. Like with like having a serious crush on someone, you feel that extended through watching. 
This is a great scene. Great song. The fact that this was sung like Roxanne, people lost their minds over it. His voice is good. Felicia, no, he. This is like an Argentinian like yeah hero. Like so, okay, here's hero. here's what I like, and um, so what I hate about a lot of musical stuff is that the voice is so clean and there's no emotion and personality in it. Oh, this is all emotional. Yeah, that's, like, that's yeah. why I love this. I'm like, oh, his voice is like it's the first time like an emotional voice is showing up in the movie. Well, I'd say Ewan McGregor has an emotional voice, and I also think like Nicole Kidman a little bit. A, a little, but this like the, like. It's not. It's emotion, but it's not aesthetically all together. But this is like, he's bringing, like it's mu- a musicality and emotion at the same time. No, like this is fire. like it's like we're watching. I can't explain. Like he's like Pavarotti, but not an opera singer. Like he's like the the pinnacle of Argentinian music in this movie. I, yeah, I, I believe that he's a big guy. I'm just saying, like, so I. He's a master. We're watching what, a master. What what I what I hate about musicals is that. It's they're designed to be. Jose sung. Feliciano, go on. They're designed to be sung with like clean and like presentational and what i like about music is the the singing music is that it's designed to be sung emotional personality and that you like enjoy a band or a singer because of the personality and emotion they bring to the song well, it's like i think those i think people don't put that together or this, that or i enjoy it differently i don't know this is the problem of the mu- of the movie musical yeah because on stage you don't need to be so specific in your performance right yeah. you can be broad and people will feel it and yes. just the the yeah, they fact are that your voice is good can carry and if the song is written well enough with the inflection of the change of the notes you'll be provoked to feel something yes we're in a film it doesn't work that way you need a film actor to do it and this is the problem because film actors don't have good voices no so like you and mcgregor and nicole kidman have serviceable voices and i say that they're doing a really really good job but most movie musicals like that's why lame is fucking sucks yeah because no one can sing but i get it i can well, see why you that, would use that's one, few, that's one of the few musicals i love and i just love that musical the movie is got issues up the wazoo it, it doesn't it's not because the musical itself is so good yes. that it's so heartbreaking that you have someone like an amanda siegfried singing and you're like this man she can't sing she can't do it no. and neither can eddie redmayne and eddie, Red, eddie can't do shit we're not even getting we're not even red red black is like trash fire Aaron is in that okay Aaron yeah. Tevitt is the guy that sings yeah, that yeah. Is the one that can't sing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's because it, it, i was like oh he can sing it's so obvious he can sing it and eddie redmayne can't is can't sing at all and why would you need it and like we didn't even touch russell crowe oh. it's like why not make russell crowe is the biggest disappointment because that character like, looks ha- like him like ha- like haver is Great name. is the like javert javert is like like the the songs are so specific and that they are like very simple to sing because he has authority so it's just like he's just hitting the pentatonic scale of the Key. He sounds like the cowardly line. I'm sure I've said this in another. Yeah. another and then like every Haver brings a different kind of attitude to it to be authority. And then Russell Crowe just takes a steaming turd because he can't he can't even do the simple because the songs are so purposely simple that he can't even do that. That he can't even like do all the cool things people do with that well, character. Opera singers sing those songs. Like no, Javier is no, played by even, opera even if you probably them, it's like even opera singers are like no, there's nothing. By the way, this to is it. like this is like. A very dramatic scene right now. She's literally going to be raped. It's a very tasteful way to do rape in a musical. It's very scary. It's both scary and non. It doesn't feel exploitative. Oh, because I mean, Nicole unless, it, unless there's a hard shot in here that I'm not no, ready for no. yet. Nicole Kidman's very good. 
See, okay, imagine he didn't do all of his wild maximal editing and then this scene is the where it happens. You'd be affected. I'm affected. No, I'm saying, but the whole movie is yeah. kind of like this. It's like one big soup. But if he chose his moments. See? Shakala saves her life. Aww. <laughs> yeah. If he, cho- if, he, if he chose his moments, that scene would have been like... That scene is our, good. Our, uh, she's good, but I'm saying if he chose the moments and the, that's where it pops out, you'd be like, oh, oh no! Listen. Just an editor, boss, you need to have slow sections. Yes, yes, I'll slow down the camera a bit. <laughs> yes, yes, the edits, right? <laughs> the star wipes? Boss! I like to imagine Buzz is like, star wipe. Don't do it. <laughs> Just imagine that as an actor, it must have been exhausting to do this movie. I feel like they shot over like a year and a half. Oh, There's yeah. This so was, much. This was nine months of acting work oh. solid. This is like a shining situation where they're Dear all stuck Lord. in a hotel. Oh, no, Alex fell asleep. Goodbye. Okay, so and this is going to sound stupid, but I kind of get why they followed Ewan McGregor and not Nicole Kidman just to give you this. Oh, it's beautiful. They, 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 the reason they follow it's like now you see her opinions on it. Yeah. After. Like, I think I think that's the logic. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it's great but it's no I, I, g- I get the narrative logic no and and we're used to we're used to that structure as well. we're used to it and not that it's wrong and it's not even a criticism of what he's doing i yeah. just think that it's interesting yeah. that that she's literally going to be raped but she has to sit there and comfort him and be like i'm sorry you feel jealous that's part like, I think that's part of what i grabbed onto and went oh like, oh okay yeah all right like that's a big Swing for a movie that wasn't really about this up until. Oh yeah, should we have said like trigger warning? Maybe we should put trigger warning on this episode. Yeah, put a trigger warning. Yeah, on maybe. It. I yeah. Uh, I, 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 I I I don't know why people have a problem with trigger warnings. I like them. I think it's important because I think, I think like, like let's say I'm having I a bad day. Yeah, like, I personally don't have any problem. Like uh, there's there's nothing that you can really show to me, and I'll be like, oh, it's gonna really take me out. And if I want it to, I want to be affected. But I definitely know people where I'm like. They're like, please don't. I'm like, uh, I get it. Like, I very, fully get it. I'm very privileged because yeah. I have, knock on wood, there are certain traumas that I have not experienced. So I trigger warnings. I, I can, I'm okay. Mm. So, but I would not, would never assume that someone else would be okay with us just kind s- of talking about rape as a plot point. <laughs> Is uh, uh, Brian just texted me that he listen, he's listening to the podcast. Brian. Edwards. Oh, yeah, of course. He loves me. And then uh, he was just like, the fact you traumatized Alessandra with the strength, with the strange thing about the Johnsons, that short film about rape by the... Oh, so upsetting. He's like, <laughs> he's like that's because I traumatized him with it because you were talking about... Uh, the dad, right? The yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I fucking hate that. Because we were talking about uh, Hereditary. And I was like, oh, you got to watch a short films. And I told Brian to watch it. And Brian was like, that film was amazing. And I am uh, unclean inside. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't either. It's it's so like again, it's so good. It's one of my favorite. There's pieces some of media. things that I oh, don't I know. Need to it's see. even like Michael Moore's new documentary. Like I would like which to one's see that, that one. It was the one that he released before the midterms. I can't. It's Trump something. Oh yeah. He basically Fahrenheit eleven nine. Yeah, yeah, eleven yeah, nine. Like everyone in my family saw it, so it's like I'm not gonna be able to see it because everyone that I know who would want to see it has seen it. I, I just want to see. I'll watch it. Do you want to watch it? It's apparently. Pro- profoundly upsetting at the end this is cool i'm in can you believe i like this? when i like when this movie's people small. who are listening i like when this movie's small this when this movie why you slow down boss <laughs> baz please uh boss or is he boss lerman he's not baz lerman i don't know
That's her character in the thing. She's not yeah, just yeah. saying she's a Hindu know, yeah. courtesan. I, 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 <laughs> Imagine if you didn't know that. Yeah. So this is essentially the end of Casablanca. Yeah. Because he, he says, go. You'll regret it. Go with go with them. Yeah, yeah. And instead of instead of the man making the decision, a man another man is making a decision. Jim Broadbent is making yeah. a decision for Nicole Kidman. I like how gutted universe. You know what it is too. I'm gonna say something really weird and about my psychology of romance and stuff, which is maybe I'm a little bit fucked up. I find it. I. You're gonna have to edit this out. I know that I've been in love, and I know that men have loved me. I just don't know if anyone's loved me to this extent. I don't know if anyone's loved me so much that they would that like because every time I've told a guy leave me alone, mm. they do. That's great. And that's respectful. And yeah. that's the type of men that I choose. And that's good. But there's something in the back of my mind where it's like you should fight fight for me. Like I don't know what that is. So you want me to tell you a story? Hold on. Let me just finish the, okay. the point of this. And so seeing a man be so emotionally affected by a woman leaving is very satiating to my sick brain. So it's horrible. I'm going to tell you straight oh, up. How cute he is. It, it, it is it, there's nothing there's no worse feeling than someone But I've felt bad that about feeling. you. It it hurts you. And I say this as someone who dated a girl, broke up with her, she threatened to kill herself a bunch. Ugh. And it like something like I can't be with you. Life has no meaning. And it is I don't horrible. I like it's a, don't, it's it's, it's like, it truly has fucked me up. Like, I can't describe to you how much it hurts you. I don't want that. But what I want is a man. <laughs> That's awful, and I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's really sad, Alex. <laughs> and I'm sorry for that woman. It's okay. I and, hope and, she's and, doing and, great. And, and, and this is I, I, can't, I can't even bring myself to think about it. I, I know that this reaction of how Ewan McGregor is feeling about Nicole Kidman in real life, mm. it has nothing to do with Nicole Kidman. Yes. This is this is purely what's going on in Ewan McGregor's psychology. Yes. And what it is is that I've been so in love with people and uh-huh. and I just find it I can't even comprehend that men have these emotional feelings as well. And I hope that they do because I hope someone's been in love with me the way that I've been in love with them otherwise I've been having one-sided relationships. Yeah. But I don't I, know. Y- you don't want what's like th- like what you're seeing is has nothing to do with Nicole. Yeah, again, has nothing to do with Nicole. Kidman. It nothing is, to do with Nicole. Kidman. It is Ewan McGregor's damage, and it's very dramatic in a very visual way of showing loss in an internal process. Listen, that we must I have. think I like drama. Like I think I'm like my therapist gives me advice. Like you should learn how to feel bored. Yeah, same with my therapist. You don't always need to be stimulated. This is great, by the way. This part, the actual play. So now Ewan McGregor is gonna go and. Like this is why I want to see the musical because this part of the musical must be sensational. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do a play. I was right. They 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 think they're being self-referential and self-contrary, doing a play within a play, and such. Is this dangerous that it's all white people doing a Maharaja thing? Yes. Yeah, it's two thousand though. It's beautiful though, and I like the music. I I, I think I think repurposing and like using. Music like this in in a it is I don't think that's bad. I don't think it is. I mean, there's reasons where you could be like world music is like stealing from their cultures and not giving them money. Well, and whatnot, what it is is it, yeah, 
it's like we hear things and it's like we're the arbiter like white people are the arbiter of taste and that when yeah. we make it white it's good and when it's world music it's not good yeah this uh, like uh, whatever this music is though I enjoy yeah I, I, I but I, I think that there should be like this is, this is some pretentious bullshit but it's like we're postmodern world you should be able to reuse stuff you should be able to it just all depends on like who you're giving credit to and how you're using it and why you're using it it's yeah, all yeah. intention yeah yeah I agree and 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 being completely think, conscious of doing something. I think the something. intention of this is just he likes the ornate maximal uh, I, old, I, in old Indian aesthetic. Yeah, I think for sure he he also probably would do a Bollywood uh, movie if he could. Actually, this movie might be Bollywood. Yeah, this, if this movie was a straight up Bollywood movie, I feel like that's, it'd be us. That's what this is. It also explains all the crazy cuts. That's why it's Bollywood, and that's why he does this at the end. Oh, we solved it. <laughs> He's doing white Bollywood. That's what it is, and that's why it's not as good. But it's very good. This I love this. Yeah, that's all it is. That's what Diamonds is a girl best friend is all about. Men, cold, girls, old. <laughs> Men will get cold and girls will get old, so then we become ugly. I do love, and this is so specific, but how the like electronic elements of this are extremely 1999. Like it's it's yeah. very fucking Aphex Twin. Oh, and, is it? And like a uh, port, like late Porsche and like Massive Attack. Like it's this very soundscape. That sound, yeah. This is, I like. This I like for running. Like I would run to this. Yeah, it's like a very think of like any late 90s like. French action movie is Fuck. like. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Like Run Lola Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a very, very like it's a specific point in time in electronic music that is showing up here. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind when I see the Broadway show of this. I'm putting aside a thousand dollars for this. Ha! <laughs> because that's what's gonna cost. Yeah, yeah. To go to New York and blah blah blah. And when my sister goes to New York, because she goes to New York all the time for um, work, mm. I will piggyback, and I will watch this, <laughs> and I will ball my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that Aaron Tevitt is in it, I can't even. I'm glad you're not over time. I'm, glad, I'm like, I, I've definitely, d- I've definitely done stuff and watched things just to have a fucking moment. Ugh. There is something so like the fact that he is like saying like this is like remi- like this is really informing my brain right now of what I find romantic and that what I have to rewire mm. because this part right now where like Ewan McGregor is going to come and he's going to beg her to come. Yeah. Like you now he's mad at her and he's going to throw money at her and say like we I never loved you. You don't love me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. This is fucking catnip for me. This is like I get the, the plot of this. Like at its core is strong, but the the, 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 lo- the love really story plot is strong. Love story. This is what I'm here for, to be honest. Yeah, the 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 Moulin Rouge plot, all the stuff around it is. It's super emo. I I love that shit. Yeah, me too. You know, you know I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. I played an emo band. You know I love that shit. This see this. Yeah. This is my porn. Yeah. Like him, like getting in this weird fight. That's why I also like that play closer. Ooh. Oh yeah. Ooh, people fighting. And it having a sexual content to it. I love like again, I love a good kitchen sink. This I love a good is, kitchen sink fight. This is informing me of my decisions of the past two years. <laughs> I remember watching this with my sister's friend waiting for Vanessa to come home once and we were watching it. 
And she was like, that's going to be my prom dress, what Nicole Kidman's <laughs> doing right now. Do they sing the love song? Mm-hmm. She's singing it to him to yeah. let him know that he, she loves him and that it's a joke. That's cool. Maybe not a joke. That's the wrong word. It's a facade. It's also like a broken down version of the song that makes me feel a lot of feelings. And I actually like mm-hmm. <laughs> feel a lot. I feel too much. <laughs> it's a, like, okay, I'm, I'm surprised at how... For how fucking much the top of this movie is, uh, I'm surprised at how like simple and straightforward and well done the actual plot of it is. But it doesn't kick off till oh. an hour in. I get why she wanted that to be her prom dress. Um, yeah, it doesn't kick off. It's not. It's not. That's the price of admission to get into this movie, yeah. and then you earn the very nice love story. Yeah, it's a. Oh, she, does she die while singing it? Because that would be dope. She as doesn't hell. die while singing it. Just wait. I mean, I know it's not going to do this, but my way would be she's singing it and throwing up blood as she's going down. Jesus Christ, Alex, who is that for? <laughs> me. Yeah, just <laughs> for the 13 year old girl, me being like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really just drying up a bunch of 13 year olds. Also, TB. Would they look like Nicole Kidman if you were dying of this deadly I, I disease? I don't know enough about TV. <laughs> I think it's important to say that Alex Klenko stopped talking because I think he might like the movie. I don't like the It's the most interesting thing that's happened in two hours. You mean the climax of the film is the most interesting? Like, yeah, good. <laughs> but it, okay, I would say that this movie's better than I thought it was going to be, but it's certainly... Are you happy that... W- I don't think it's good. That we watched it on the big screen? Yes, you were correct. Honestly, just because like it's so much, is you, in, you so much is in each frame that I it blur together. You wouldn't have caught it. Yeah. Look and look at them doing choreography. The, I can't ignore the thirteen-year-old girl that I am when watching this movie. There's no sense of me that feels like I've aged eighteen years since this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna just put it out there. I hope a man cries over me like this one day. And yes, I know that that's ridiculous and dramatic. A man crying over you is is, I've far, seen is is different than someone like kind of becoming a shell to chase you. No, out. that's different. Yeah, that's different. I've seen men cry for me, but then I always look at them and I go, "You're not crying over me. You're crying over the person that you think you want to be." Yeah, that's probably true here too. No, he's crying over Sistine. She's so beautiful. <laughs> I think I think I think it's the uh, um every episode I'm gonna bring this fucking thing up is that we've abstract movies are an abstraction, so you see the abstract objects, but in real life it's too complex and you see through it. Yeah, it's true. And we've said this before and I agree in the same way every time. <laughs> yeah. Every single time every I think it's on every episode of this fucking podcast. We, yeah, I think you see through it in real life. You can't, you can't not, especially as writers and and like people who, who we make yeah. work. Yeah. So if if someone in real life, and this makes me sound like a sociopath, but when I'm having a fight with someone, there is always a little part of my brain that's going, "What's happening here? How can I work this? What's what's what am I experiencing right yeah. now?" And that's awful. I'm never in anything completely. And is that? I I mean I am, but you are. <laughs> I'm never. I'm I'm a I'm a real like. Bold face, about like my emotions are on my face at all times. I think mine are too, but I think I think men think I'm simpler than I am, and they don't know that I know what's going on. No, because you say it though. Eventually, I tell them. You say it 
you with me. You say it right up. I've gate. never ha- been in a relationship with someone where I haven't said exactly what I'm thinking. That doesn't mean that it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. It just means that that's what I'm thinking at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then because men, for some reason, like to acquiesce. Acquiesce. How do you say that word? Um, how do you say that word? Acqu- acquiesce. Acquiesce. They always go like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I go, am I right? Or are you just too, like, uh, you don't want to get in it? Probably a bit of both. Yeah. I think I could be right. You could be, but I, I feel like also a good chunk is they do not want to get in it. They should. They should cry on when I die. This is a very dark, ugly side of me that I don't like. That I've reopened with Mulan Rouge. <laughs> I just want happiness and contentment. Cool. We did it. We survived. This movie made us go into weird territories. Yeah, it's definitely... I did not expect us to talk about these kind of things. Although I do love the good bit of Boz's edit- exhausted editor. I don't think we did it well enough. Oh, it was after Leonard Lerman. We didn't Lerman? Do, we, we didn't do... what you want, you want to watch it again and record? No, I think we didn't do Boz talking with the editor good enough. Oh, yeah, like, no. We, we, we just We, we did didn't real, comedy bang, bang that out. You we know did real saying? broad strokes. That's the problem with this is that we jump around so much, it's really hard for us to bang out a good riff. I'll tell you what it is. I'm not focused. I'm watching this. I'm talking to you. I can't even look at you. Like, I, I look see, at you. I, get, I, I get, see you look at me, and I want to look at you. Just do I it. Can't. No, I want to look at the TV. <laughs> we are two TV kids. Oh, yeah. If, if, uh, people like, what are people's vices? Mine is television. Oh, yeah. My mom used to lock the TV. She like found a way the TV would have like a lock on it or a password during the day because I would just watch TV all day. I'm sure if my if, if my mom understood how to do that, she would have done that. Well, no one was worried about me TV-wise because my TV watching was secret because I was always like when I was sick, I would watch TV all day day hmm. from like nine in the morning until someone got home and then i'd right. be like oh i took a nap all afternoon <laughs> this is the song that i really like <laughs> oh fuck now i have to remember to cancel the subscription for my parents because i ordered this channel <laughs> so alex how do we feel uh overall didn't like it was better than i thought it was gonna be overall i didn't like it as much as i thought i would and i also maybe have issues with Baz Luhrmann as an aesthetic director mm-hmm. but as an actor director i think he's very good because i think the performances from ewan mcgregor and nicole from everyone is very good mm-hmm. and like to a li- to like get a, a a performance out of like jim broadbent and like richard roxburgh like to make it that big and and cartoony but still be grounded enough like that i care about them is hard i'm sorry uh, the voice of the green fairy is ozzy osbourne Jesus. You like this song? Yeah. Like the very 1999 Electronica. <laughs> Again, this is, I can tell you this movie is definitely the 2000s because this is like. You know what my favorite genre of music is? What? Classical music where you put a beat to it. Yeah, um, that was. Yo, you got to check out some Porsche. You're going to love it. I love Porsche. <laughs> you. <laughs> I know them. I love them. It gets good. It gets good. You ready? But cut all this. Yeah, I don't know. The love story was better written than I thought it was gonna be. It was definitely more interesting. I have emotional problems, and this movie made me realize love. But I think we should. I think we've said what we're gonna say. This is all 
Yeah, and the the best part of the song was what I just sang. Goodbye. Goodbye. I love you all. I'm so sorry, everyone that I mentioned by name. <laughs>